Hello, and welcome to Read With Me. My name is Emma and I am your host. We will be reading through books in this podcast. The first book that we are reading through is City of Bones by Cassandra Clare. It's the first book in the Mortal Instruments franchise or series. Let us start. Part 1 The Dark Descent I sung of chaos and eternal night Taught by the heavenly muse to venture down The dark descent and up to reascend John Milton, Paradise Lost Chapter 1 Pandemonium You've got to be kidding me the bouncer said, folding his arms across his massive chest. He stared down at the boy in the red zip-up jacket and shook his shaved head. You can't bring that in here. The fifty or so teenagers in line outside Pandemonium Club leaned forward to eavesdrop. It was a long wait to get into the all-ages club especially on a Sunday, and not much generally happened in line. The bouncer was fierce and would come down instantly on anyone who looked like they were going to start trouble. Fifteen-year-old Clary Frey, standing in line with her best friend Simon, leaned forward along with everyone else, hoping for some excitement. Oh, come on! The kid hoisted the thing, Above his head, it looked like a wooden beam and pointed pointed at one end. <laughs> it's part of my costume. The bouncer raised an eyebrow, which is what? The boy grinned. He was a normal enough looking, Chloe thought, for pandemonium. He had electric blue dyed hair that stuck up around his head like tentacles of a startled octopus. But no elaborate facial tattoos or big metal bars through his ears or lips. I'm a vampire hunter. He pushed down on the wooden thing. It bent easily as a blade of grass. Bending sideways. It's fake. Rubber foam. See? The boy's eyes, wide eyes, were way too, uh, were, were way too bright a green, Chloe noticed. The colour of antifreeze. Spring grass. Coloured contact lenses, probably. The bouncer shrugged. Abruptly bored. Whatever. Going in. The boy slid past him. Quick as an eel. Clay Clay liked the lift to his shoulders. The way he tossed his hair when he as he went. There was a word for him that his mother that that her mother <laughs> would have used. Insecurance. 
You thought it was cute, said Simon, sounding resigned. Didn't you? Clay dug her elbow, her elbow into his ribs, but didn't answer. Inside the club was the, inside the club was full of dry ice smoke, colored lights playing over the dance floor, turning it into a multicolored fairyland of blues and acid greens, hot pinks and golds. The boy in the red jacket stroked the razor sharp blade in his hands and idly playing idle smile playing it had been so easy. A little bit of glamour on the blade to make it look harmless. Another glamour on his eyes, and the moment the bouncer looked straight at him, he was in. Of course, he probably would have gotten. He probably could have gotten it by without all that trouble, but it was part of the fun. Falling the Mondays, doing it all in the open, right in front of them, getting on. F- on the blank looks on their sheep-like faces. Not that the humans didn't have their uses. The boy's green eyes scanned the dance floor, where slender limbs clad in like scrapes of silk and black leather appeared and disappeared inside the revolving columns of smoke as the Mondays danced. Girls tossed their long hair Boys swung their leather-clad hips, and bare skin glittered in sweat. Brutality just poured off of them. Waves of energy that filled him with drunken dizziness. His lips, he lip, his lip curled. They didn't know how lucky they were. They didn't know what it was like to eke out of life. In a dead world, where the sun hung limp in the sky and like a burned cinder, their lives burned as brightly as candle flames and were as easy to snuff out. His hand tightened on the blade he carried, and he had begun to step out onto the dance floor where a girl broke away. The madness of the dancers began walking towards him. He stared at her. She was beautiful for a human. Long hair, nearly the precise colour of black ink. Charcoal eyes, floor-length white gown. The kind of woman used to wear when this world was younger. Lace sleeves bowed out of her slim arms. Around her neck was a thick silver chain on which hung a dark red pendant the size of a baby's fist. He had he only had narrowed his eyes to know that it was real, real and precious. His mouth stirred to water as she neared him. Vital energy pulsed from her like blood from an opened wound. She smiled, passing him, beckoning with her eyes. He turned to follow her, tasting the phantom sizzle of her death on his lips. It was always easy, 
he could already feel the power of her evaporating life coursing through his veins like fire. Humans were so stupid. They had something so precious, and they barely safeguarded it all. They threw away their lives for money, for packets of powder, for a stranger's charming smile. The girl had a pale ghost retreating through her colored wound, colored, retreating through the colored smoke. <sighs> she reached the wall and turned, bunching her skirt up in her hands, lifting it as she grinned at him. Under the skirt, she was wearing thigh-high boots. He sauntered up to her, his skin prickled with the nearness. Up close, she wasn't so perfect. She, he could see the mascara smudged under her eyes, the sweat sticking to her, sticking her to her neck. He smell, he could smell her mortality, the sweet rot of corruption. Got you, he thought. A cool smile curled her lips. She moved to the side so she can see. So. He could see she was leaning against a closed door, no admitted storage, was scrolled across in red paint. She reached behind the knob and turned it and slid inside. He caught a glimpse of stack boxes, tangled wiring, a storage room. He glanced behind him, no one was looking. So much better if she wanted privacy. He slipped into the room after her, unaware that he was being followed. So, Simon said, pretty good music, eh? Clary didn't reply. They were dancing. Or what, what, what passed for it. A low swaying back and forth with occasional lunges towards the floor as if one of them dropped contact lenses. In a space between a group of teenage boys and in metallic corsets, a young Asian couple were making out passionately, their covered hair and extensions tangled together like vines. A boy with a lip piercing and a teddy bear backpack was handing out free tablets of herbal ecstasy, his parachute pants flapping in the breeze of the wind machine. Clary wasn't paying much attention to their immediate surroundings, her eyes Put on the blue head boy, who had talked his way into the club. He was prowling through the crowd as if he were looking for something. There was something about the way he moved that reminded her of something. I, for one, Simon said, went on, am enjoying myself immensely. This seemed unlikely. Simon, as always, stuck out at the club like a sore thumb in jeans and an old t-shirt that said made in Brooklyn across the front his freshly scrubbed hair was dark brown instead of green or pink his glasses perched quickly at the end of his nose he looked less as if he looked less as if he were contemplating the powers of darkness and more as if he were on his way to chess club. Mm-hmm. Clay knew perfectly well that when it came to pandemonium, 
with it with her only because she liked it that he thought it was boring she wasn't even sure why it was that she liked it the clothes the music made it like a dream someone else's life not her boring real life at all but she was always too shy to talk to any anyone but Simon. The blue-haired boy was making his way off the dance floor. He looked a little lost. She ha- he hadn't found whom he was looking for. Clay wondered what would happen if she went up and introduced herself, offering to show him around. Maybe just to stare at, he just stared at her, or maybe he was shy too. Maybe he'd be grateful and pleased. Try not to and try not to show it. The boys did, but she'd no, maybe. The blue haired boy straightened up suddenly, snapping to attention, like a hunting dog at point on point. Clay followed the line of his gaze and saw a girl in the saw the girl in the white dress. Oh well, Clay thought. Trying not to feel like a deflated party balloon. I guess that's that. The girl was gorgeous. The kind of girl Chloe would like to draw. Tall and ribbon slim. With a long spill of black hair. Even at this distance, Chloe could see the red pendants around her throat. And it pulsed under the lights of the dance floor. Like... A separate, disembodied heart. I feel, Simon went on, that this evening DJ Bats is doing a singularly exceptional job, don't you agree? Clary rolled her eyes and didn't answer. Simon hated trance music. Her attention was on the girl in the white dress. Through the darkness, smoke and artificial fog, her pale dress shone out like a beacon. No wonder the blue-haired boy was swallowing her as if he was under a spell, too distracted to notice anything else around him. Even the two dark shapes, hard on his heels, weaving after him through the crowd. (laughs) Clary slowed her dancing. Instead, she could just make out the shapes of boys, tall and wearing black clothes. She could have said, wow, how she knew that they were following him, the, the other boy. But she did. She could see it in the way they paced him, their careful what watchfulness, the slinking grace of their movements. The small flower of appreciation began to open, apprehension (laughs) began to open in her chest. Meanwhile, Simon added, I want to tell you that lately I've been cross-dressing. Also, I'm sleeping with your mum. I thought you should know. The girl reached the wall and was opening a door that marked no attendance. She beckoned the blue-haired boy after her. They slipped through the door. It wasn't 
anything that I had seen before. A couple sneaking off to the dark corners of the club to make out. But that made it even weirder. They were being followed. She raised herself up on tiptoe, trying to see over the crowd. The two guys had stopped at the door and seemed to be conferring with each other. One of them was blonde, the other darkhead. The blonde boy reached into his jacket and drew something out. It looked long and sharp and flashed under the streaming knife. A knife? Simon! Chloe shouted, seizing his arm. What? Simon looked alarmed. I'm not really sleeping with your mum. You know, I was trying to get your attention. Not that your mum isn't a very attractive woman. For her age. Do you see those guys? She pointed wildly. Almost hitting a curvy black girl who was dancing nearby. The girl shot her an evil look. Sorry, sorry. Sat Chloe turned back to Sam. Do you see those two guys over there by that door? Simon squinted and shrugged. I didn't see anything. There are two of them. They're following the guy with the blue hair. The one you thought was cute? Yes, but that's not the point. The blonde one pulled a knife. Are you sure? Simon stared. Harder shaking his head. I don't see anyone. I'm sure. Suddenly your business. Simon squared his shoulders. I'll get one of the security guards. You stay here. He's straight away pushing through the crowd. The blue-haired boy could feel blood welling up under the too tight metal, making his fist slippery. Any other what? Come on now, Latoni. A boy held his hands with dark sleeves slipped down, showing the runes inked all over his wrists and the back of his hands and his palms. You know what I am. Far back in his skull, the shackled boy's... Second set of teeth began to grin. Shadow hunter, he hissed. The other boy grinned all over his face. Got you, he said. Chloe pushed the door of the storage room. Pushed the door of the storage room open and stepped inside. For a moment, she could. She thought it was only the windows. The room smelled of all paint. paint. <laughs> and every layer of dust covered the floor, making marked by smeared shoe prints. There's no one in here, she realized, looking around in bewilderment. It was cold in the room, despite the August heat. Her back was icy with sweat. She took a step forward, tangled her feet. Tingling her feet and it's quiet. She bent down to free her cables. She heard voices. A girl's laugh. A boy answered sharply. When she turned out, she saw them. It was as if they had sprung into existence. One blink of her eyes to the end the next. The girl in the white dress. <sighs> her black hair hanging down. Like a band, like damp, damp seaweed. The two boys with her. The tall one with black hair, like hers. And the smaller, fair one. Whose hair gleamed like brass in the dim light. 
coming through the windows high above. The fair boy was standing with his hands in his pockets, facing the punk kid. who was tied to a pillar what looked like piano wire. His hands stretched behind him, his legs bound at the ankles. His face was pulled tight with pain and fear. Heart hammering in her chest, Chloe ducked behind the nearest concrete pillar and peered out. She watched as the fair-haired boy paced back and forth, his arms now crossed. It was so. He servant told me if there's any other of your kind with you. Your kind? Chloe wondered. What was he talking about? Maybe she'd stumbled into some kind of gang war. I don't know what you're talking about. The blue-haired boy's tone was pained, but slurred. He means other demons, said the dark-haired boy, speaking for the first time. You know what a demon is, don't you? The boy, tied to the pillar, turned his face away, his mouth working. Demons, drawled the blonde boy, chasing the word in the air with his finger. Religiously defined as hell's denizens and servants of Satan. But understood here, for the purposes of the clave, to be any malevolent spirits whose origin is outside of our home dimension. That's enough, Jace, said the girl. Isabel's right. I'll give it to the boy. No man, no one here, needs a lesson in semantics or demonology. They're crazy, Clay thought. Actually crazy. Jace raised his hand and smiled. There's nothing fierce about the gesture. Something that reminded Clay of documentaries she'd watched about lions on Discovery Channel. The way the big cats would raise their heads and sniff the air for prey. Isabel, Alec. I think I took too much, he said confidently. Do you think I took too much? The blue-haired boy didn't reply. His mouth was, was still working. I could give you information, he said. I know where Valentine is. Jace glanced back at Alec, who shrugged. Valentine's in the ground, Jace said. The thing's just toying with us. It's well tossed to her. Kill it, Jace. It's not going to tell us anything. Jace raised his hand. Clay saw dim light spark of the knife he was holding. It was oddly translucent. The blade, clear as crystal, sharp of glass. The hilt set with redstones. The boy, bound boy gasped. Valentine is back, he protested, dragging the bonds that held his hands around his neck. All the infernal worlds know it. I know it. I can tell you where he is. 
rage floods sailing Jesus' icy eyes. By the angel, every time we capture one of you bastards, you claim to know where Valentine is. Well, we know where he is too. He's in hell. And you, Jace turned the knife in his grasp. The edge. Sparkling. Sparking like a line of fire. Can join him there. Chloe turned just in time to see the blonde boy slip through the no-admittance door, his friend right on his heels. She looked around. Simon was still trying to shove his way across the dance floor, but was making, well, wasn't making much progress. Even if she yelled, no one would hear her. By the time Simon got, and by the time Simon got back, something terrible uh, might have already happened. Rising hard, Chloe starts to wiggle through the crowd. What's your name? She turned and smiled. What a faint light there was in the storage room spilled through the barred windows, smeared with dirt. Piles of electrical cables along the broken bits of mirror disc walls and discarded paint cans. Isabel. That's a nice name. He walked toward us, stepping carefully along the wires in case any of them were alive. In the faint life, she looked half transparent, bleached of colour, wrapped in white like an angel. It will be a pleasure to make her fall. I haven't seen you here before. Are you asking me if I come here often? She giggled, covering her mouth with her hand. There was some sort of bracelet around her wrist, just under the cuff of her dress. As he neared her, he saw it wasn't a bracelet at all, but an inked pattern on his skin. Matrix of swelling lines, he says, you... He didn't finish. She moved with lightning swiftness and struck out at him with an open hand, a blow to the chest that could have sent him down gasping if he'd been human. He staggered back. Now there was something in her hand, a coiling rip, whip that glittered gold as she brought it down, curling around his ankles, jerking him off his feet. He hit the ground. Withering the heated metal biting deep into his skin. She laughed, standing over distantly. He thought he could have known. No human girl would wear a dress like that one. Isabel wore. She wanted to cover her skin. All her skin. Isabel yanked hard on the whip, securing it. Her smile glittered like poisonous water. He's all yours, boys. A low laugh sounded behind him. Now there were hands on him, hauling him upright, throwing him against the concrete pillars. He could feel a damp stone underneath his back. His hands were pulled behind him, wrists bound to the wire. With wire, he struggled. Someone walked back to the side of the pillow into his feet. A boy, a young as as young as Isabel. 
and just as pretty. They're tawny, eyes glittered like chips. So, the boy said, Are there any more with you? Clary could take no more. She stepped out from behind the pillow. Stop, she cried. You can't do this. Jay swelled, so startled that the knife flew from his hand and clattered against the concrete floor. Isabel and Alec turned along with him, wearing identical expressions of astonishment. The blue-haired boy hung his bones and stunned and gaping. Alec, it was Alec who spoke first. What is this? he demanded, looking from Clary to his companions, as if he might know what she was doing there. It's a girl, Jace said, recovering from his composure. Surely you've seen girls before, Alec? Your sister, Isabel, is one. He took a step closer to Clary, squinting. He couldn't quite believe what he was seeing. A Monday girl, he said. Half to himself. And she can see us. Of course I can see you, Clary said. I'm not blind, you know. Oh, but you are, Jay said, bending to pick up his knife. You just don't know it, he said, straightening up. You better get out of here if you know what's good for you. I'm not going anywhere, Chloe said. If I do, you kill him. She pointed the, to the boy with blue hair. That's true, Jason admitted. Twirling a knife between his fingers. What do you care if I kill him or not? But because you can't, you can't just go around killing people, Chloe spluttered. You're right, said Jess. You can't just go around killing people. He pointed to the boy with blue hair. Whose eyes were slitted. Clay wondered if he'd fainted. That's not a person, little girl. It might look like a person and talk like a person. Maybe even bleed like a person. But it's a monster. Jace is real warningly, said warningly. That's enough. You're crazy, Jace said. Chloe said. <laughs> Chloe said it. <laughs> Backing away from him. I've, I've called the police, you know. They'll be here any second. She's lying, Alex said. But there's doubt in his face. Jace, do you, however. He never got to finish his sentence. At the moment, the blue-haired boy with yelling... With a yelling, high yelling cry, tore free of the strains, binding him to the pillar, and flung himself on Jace. They fell to the ground and rolled together. The blue-haired boy tearing at Jace with hands that glittered as if tipped with metal. Chloe backed up, wanting to run, but her feet caught on top of top caught on a loop of wiring, and she went down. Knocking out of breath of her chest, he, she could hear Isabel shrieking. Rolling over, Clary could saw the blue head boy was sitting on Jace's chest. Blood gleamed at the tips of his razor-like claws. Jace, Alec hissed, be careful. Jace drew his arm away. A ghoulish freckling of blood marked his face until he still remembered Reminded her of a lion with his 
wide spaced like colored eyes and tawny gold hair. She can see us, Alec, he said. She already knows too much. So what do you want me to do with her? Isabel demanded. Let her go, Jay said quietly. Isabel shot him a surprised, angry look, but didn't argue. The whip slid away from slid away, freeing Chloe's arm. She rubbed the sore wrist and wondered how the hell she was going to get out of there. Maybe we should bring her back with us, Alex said. I bet Hodge would like to have a talk with her. No way we're bringing her back to the Institute, Isabel said. She's a Monday, or is she? Said Jay softly. His quiet tone was worse than Isabel's or snapping Alex's anger. Have you had dealing, dealings with demons, little girl? Walked with warlocks? Talked with the night children? Have you? My name's not little girl. Chloe interrupted. And I've no idea what you're talking about. Don't you? Said a voice in the back of the head. You saw that boy vanish into thin air. Chase isn't crazy. You just wish he was. I don't believe in demons or whatever you... Clary. It was Simon's voice. She whirled around and he saw him standing in the storage room door. With one of the burly bouncers who was standing behind the front door next to him. Are you okay? He peered through the gloom. Why are you in here by yourself? What happened to the guys? You know, the ones with the knives? Chloe stared at him. Then looked behind her, where Jace, Isabel, and Alex stood. Jace, still in his bloody shirt with a knife in his hand. He grinned at her. Dropped a half-apologetic, half-mocking shrug. Clearly, he wasn't surprised that neither Simon nor the bouncer could see them. Somehow, neither was Clary. Slowly, she turned back to Simon, knowing how she must look to him, standing alone in a damp storage room, her feet tangled in bright plastic wiring cables. I thought they went in here, she said lamely. I guess they didn't. I'm sorry. She glanced at from Simon, whose expression was changing to a worried embarrassed. The bouncer who does ignore it. was a mistake. Behind her, Isabel giggled. Isabel and Alec were running toward them. Isabel brandishing a whip in her hand. The blue-haired boy slashed at Jace with claws extended. Jace threw an arm to protect himself. The claws raked it, splattering blood. The blue-haired boy lunged again, and Isabel's whip came down across his back. He shrieked and fell to the side. Swift as a flick of Isabel's whip, Jace rolled over. There was a blade glimmering in his hand. He sank the knife into the blue-haired boy's chest. Blackish liquid exploded around the hill. The boy arched off the floor, gurgling and twisting with a grimace. Jace stood up. His black shirt was blackened now, in some places, wet with blood. 
He looked down at the twitching form at his feet, reaching down and yanked out the knife. Of the hilt it was slick with black fluid. The blue-haired boy's eyes flickered upon open. His eyes fixed on Jace seemed to burn between his teeth. He hissed. So be it. The forsaken will take all of you. Jace seemed to snarl. The boy's eyes rolled back. His bloody his body began to jerk and twitch as he crumpled, folding in on himself, growing smaller and smaller until he vanished entirely. Clegg stumbled to his feet, kicking for the electrical wiring. She began to back away. None of none of them were paying attention to her. Alec had H Jace, who was holding his arm, pulling the sleeve, probably trying to get a good look at the wound. Clay turned to run. She found her way blocked by his whip in hand. Gold length of it was stained with dark fluid. She flicked it towards Clary, and the end of it wrapped around her wrist, jerked tight. Clary gasped with pain and surprise. Stupid little Mundy, Isabel said between her teeth. You could have gotten Jace killed. He's crazy, Clary said, trying to get her wrist, pull her wrist back. The whip bit deeper into her skin. You're all crazy. What do you think you are, vigilante killers? The police? The police aren't usually interested unless you can produce a body, said Clay. Jace. <laughs> Cradling his arm, he picked his way across the cable-strewn floor toward Clary. Alec followed behind him, face screwed into a scowl. Clary glanced at the spot where the boy had disappeared and said nothing. There wasn't even a smear of blood there, nothing to show that the boy had ever existed. They returned to their home dimensions when they die, Jay said, in case you were wondering. I don't believe it, Simon said suddenly as Chloe, standing at the curb, tried desperately to hail a cab. Street cleaners had come down orchid while they were inside the club, and the street glass black with oily water. I know. She, she agreed. You thought there would be some cabs. Where is everyone going at midnight on a Sunday? She turned back to him. Shrugging. You think we have better luck in Houston? Not the cabs, Simon said. You. I don't believe you. I don't believe those guys with the knives just disappeared, Chloe said. Maybe there weren't any guys with knives, Simon. Maybe I just imagined the whole thing. No way. Simon raised his hand over his head. But... The oncoming taxis whizzed by them, spraying dirty water. I saw your face when I came to the storage room. You looked seriously freaked out, like you'd seen a ghost. Chloe thought of Jace and his lying cat eyes. She glanced down at her wrist. The bracelet had 
by a red line where Isabel's whip had curled. No, not a ghost, she thought. Something even weirder than that. It was just a mistake, she said wearily. She wondered why she wasn't telling him the truth. Except, of course, he thinks she was crazy. And there was something about what happened. Something about the black hooded, black blood bubbled around Jace's knife. Something about his voice when he said, Have you talked with the night children? That she wanted to keep to herself. Well, it was hell of an embarrassing mistake. Simon said. He glanced back at the club, where a thin line still snaked at the door halfway down the block. I doubt they let us back into pandemonium. What do you care? You hate pandemonium. Chloe raised her hand again. As a yellow shaped shape sped toward them through the fog, this time though, the taxi screeched to a halt at the corner. Jaro laying in his horn if they needed to get their attention. Finally, we get lucky. Simon yanked the taxi door open and slid into the plastic covered back seat. Clay followed, inhaling the familiar New York cab with an old cigarette smoke, leather, and hairspray. We're going to Brooklyn, Simon said to the, said to the cab, cab, cabbie. <laughs> and then said, like, look, you know you can tell me anything, right? Chloe hesitated for a moment, then nodded. Sure, Simon, I know I can. She sent the cab door shut behind her and the taxi took off into the night. That is the end of chapter one of City of Bones. Join me next time when I read chapter two. Until then, see you later.